Welcome back to another edition of the Soccer Specialist Podcast. Bear with me if you can. I think I'm I'm starting to lose my voice here, but uh, if you've been listening for a while, thank you so much for continuing to uh, to tune in and help the podcast grow. If you are new to the podcast, be sure and subscribe or follow. Um, if you've listened to enough, uh, please leave a review or a rating uh, on whether Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It really, really does help. I appreciate it. Um, also, go back. You've got over 100 episodes now. I do my best to make them topics for the most part, 90% plus of it to be topics that um, are evergreen, or in other words, you can go back to an episode from a year ago and get just as much value uh, from it today. In fact, there's probably a lot of them that you sh should listen to again as you go through your journey as a reminder uh, on certain things. Um, today, we're going to talk about uh, a few different things that kind of go together. One, this came up again the other day. I think it's a really, really important topic and that is for me i think one of the maybe maybe the number one problem with uh youth soccer in terms of specifically development also please bear with me i think i might be uh losing my voice a little bit so i'm going to do my best but anyway the number one problem with youth soccer development it's not all these things that we complain about as you know there's many things referees coaches pa parents uh pay to play um club you know whatever it is the problem specifically with youth soccer development is that all of you as players, you have a real fear of messing up. I think it's it's natural, but I also think that in the environment of uh, soccer, even, even uh, youth sports in general, that the adults do a really, really bad job and they help to create that environment. So players, you need to understand that you should never be scared to make a mistake because that's how you're going to learn. That's how you're going to improve. That's how you're going to get better. That's how you're going to have an understanding of what you should and should not be doing. So coaches and parents, you need to understand that you need to be encouraging your players all the time, especially since I think they have that inherent fear of making mistakes that you need to be reinforcing them that it's okay to try new things to mess them up to learn from them so that you get better and that's a key too is to learn from the mistakes that you made to praise the bravery and the attempted creativity when they do try something new even if the result itself is a train wreck you're not praising the train wreck right you're you're praising the what, what they are, are trying to do because no one just does something for the first time and is automatically great at it it takes a lot of effort over and over and over again. And we can't expect our players, players, listen, we can't expect you to be to be dynamic and to be creative and to be a risk taker uh, instead of a simple like one touch predictable robot is like, I, I got to get rid of the ball right away. I'd rather boot it down the field to no one that maybe ends up at the other team's defense, but it's out of trouble because I'm not really going to get yelled at for that. Whereas if I try and actually make a good play, but I mess it up and lose the ball in, in our end, I'm going to get yelled at for that. Right. I think you've all felt that before. And so what we need to do as adults is help you as players feel like you're in an environment where, where you have the freedom to be creative and to take risks and to make mistakes. And, you know, I'll give you an example. I, had this recently and stuff like this happens a lot, but I know recently in talking to one parent in a tryout situation and what did a, and it was a tryout with the team and had a, a great session with the team. 
uh, did really, really well, was invited back, and had an off day. And for those of you that have uh, followed for a while, whether it's on the podcast or in the, the Facebook group, know how I talk about the ups and downs of development. And, and I mean, look, uh, adult professionals have, have entire seasons that are subpar, right? So imagine us getting all worked up because they're not getting visibly better from game to game, right? It's insane. They all have off days for, for whatever reason. And there are a lot of reasons that just happens. And so after that, uh, the off session, the, the coach, to me, the coach was uh, really disappointing how they handled it about now, like not so sure. And she's a little behind. And then just, there were a lot of things said that, well, one, why after having a player for two sessions who has a really, really good session and an off session, why as a coach do you default to the off session being who they are as a player instead of the great session, right? And if that's the off session is who they are as a player, how did they manage to have the great session? And just, and what I got from the coach is that the coach was a lot more interested in getting players that would be the top of the team obviously the top of the team right away and make the team better in terms of wins or losses instead of the coach taking it on their shoulders to do what they're supposed to do which is develop players by that first session you know that that player was someone that could fit in and that you maybe you'll have to do a little extra and help them develop to quote unquote catch up if that's even the case because you don't know that just because they had one off session but anyway but that's kind of what i'm talking about and that's what puts into the head of you as players that you just, you feel like you can never mess up. You feel like you can never, ever make a mistake, but excuse me, I'm definitely losing my, my voice now. So I had to take a swig, but look, you, you're never going to be great if you don't make a lot of mistakes and mess up a lot first. That's what, I mean, look, that's what practicing is about, right? You don't start out the first time and I'll, I'll use something really easy. I'm, not a huge fan, but that's a story for another day. But let's say you're juggling, right? You don't start out with, oh, it's the first time I ever juggled. I'm going to get a thousand, right? Yeah, you're going to mess up so many times juggling in, before you get 10 or, or 15 or, or 20 before those numbers start piling up, right? So that's the case. How are we ever going to expect you as a player to pull off a, a double scissor or, you know, a, a Matthews or something like that, or, or a, like a cheeky little behind blind heel pass in a game to a teammate? If if we don't give you the freedom and support now to know that that's part of the process, you messing up is part of the process. You trying new things and not excelling right away, that's part of the process. So parents, if you have a coach who understands this, you are so, so far ahead of the game. And it's just, it's crucial that you support the coach in this and not just focus on winning games at, at, at U10. And, you know, do they look like a, uh, a professional team in how they play. Cause that's just, that's crazy. And just because a mistake looks awful when it happens in a game, it doesn't mean it's not a great thing for the player's long-term development. Right. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, so Ellen, here, here's an example. If you can, um, if you're in the Facebook group, the one of the Facebook group, I think I posted this sometime last week. I posted a, a cool video that I found on Instagram of a young lady practicing one specific thing. And it was taking a certain cross out of the air off her, off her chest, cushioning off her chest, and then volleying the shot, right? She was right around the top of the box. And it was just a, a short clip of, you know, four or five just 
you know, she's messing it up, right? She's making a mistake. She's not doing well with it. And then the final clip is her doing that exact thing in the game and scoring a goal, which is awesome. And and that's what it's about. You're going to mess up a lot. You're going to mess up a lot first. Uh, so it's important to understand that and everybody be supportive of players. Players, you need to understand that, embrace that. Not everything is going to be going to be awesome. <laughs> okay, I think that's important to understand. Now, one thing I, I got uh, I got this question. I thought it was a really good question from someone who asked me about um, who understands and embraces the idea. And you've all heard me talk about how important the ball is and mastering the ball and one v one play, um, and not just like dribbling through an entire team. Sometimes it's one v one play or even one v two play, but to be able to keep the ball while under pressure before you find that opportunity to simply make a five yard pass, right? But so the question was, well, what do we do about that if you're, on, if you're on a team that doesn't actually allow it or emphasize it, which I thought was a fantastic question. So let me just back up for a second. I, I don't want to go too deep down this rabbit hole because I've talked about it a lot. You can find plenty of episodes on it. Uh, I think my, like my whole entire player development philosophy is... December 3rd, I think it's a two-parter, so there should be two, December 3rd, 20, oh man, either 2019 or 2020, actually, and you can get that whole thing there. But look, so briefly, dribbling is literally the foundation of the game, right? The game itself is ultimately a game of 1v1 battles all over the field. And so if you can't control the ball, if you can't keep it under pressure, because you're going to be a, a lot of times where that, you have that ball under pressure. It's not always, oh, I can make the simple one or two touch pass because I have nobody around me. So I can easily connect on that. No. What about when you are under pressure, which will be more often than not, if you don't have the ability to keep that ball? If you don't have the skill and the confidence to keep that ball, if you can't beat a defender 1v1, when I say beat a defender, it can even be being able to turn away from, throw one little fake to get him leaning another way so you can take a touch in the opposite direction and, and complete a pass, right? I'm not talking about dribbling the length of the pitch. But if, if you can't beat a defender 1v1, just in even keeping the ball until you can make a pass, you're not even going to be on the pitch later on when when you earn playing time because you, you won't be able to help your team yet we've convinced all of you as players that you're selfish if you try to dribble which is crazy you must learn to control the ball in game situations and under pressure if you need to play one touch you'll be able to i think a lot of the reasons we struggle to connect on passes is because we don't have the ability to control the ball first okay and you see that and we don't realize and we automatically always think that well, they're struggling to complete these passes, so we need to focus more on passing. No, you got to focus more on their ability to control the ball. How can you expect them to complete passes when they can't control the ball, right? We get it backwards. Um, and that's why you see so many players just kicking it away. They just kick it because, like I said earlier, they kick it down the pitch because they, they don't get yelled at. They, they have pressure coming. They don't have a passing option on one touch or two touch. They know they can't keep the ball because they never practice it, right? So they just get rid of it. OK, and we we really need to have them spend more time with the ball. It's crucial during the, the development phase. They never get comfortable with the ball. If you can't get out of tight spaces with the ball at your feet, you're never going to be ready to play at a higher level when you get older. And you're never going to be able to be a great one and two touch passer because you don't have the foundation of ball control first. Mistakes now. Better player later. Right. But we want everything to be awesome now. OK, so. 
Oh, man, I need to take a breath. Okay. So uh, one thing I did want to mention real quick, I'm going to get back to the question. So I, I do want to address that. But also one thing I did want to mention, because I thought this was uh, this is important. I, I, I've talked about this uh, before, but I know a lot of players do this. I think a lot of parents do this, and that puts pressure on you as players. And don't get frustrated. I know I completely switched gears here, okay? But don't worry. I've, I've got a plan. Don't get frustrated or lose confidence by comparing yourself to other players. Okay, this goes back to what I said about, you know, performance being up and down and everyone and all over the place. And everyone's development journey is different. Everyone develops at a different rate. Some players pick things up really fast. Others take a while, but when they get it, they really get it. And they're even better than the players who picked it up quickly, who by the way may never may not ever then put in the real time they need to master what they pick up quickly, right? Because they're satisfied with that. They pick it up before everyone else. So it's kind of like a false sense of confidence, a false sense of security that it's always going to be that way. And it's not. Um, and that's why natural talent, a lot of times down the line, loses out to average talent that works a lot harder than they do. Okay. But you got to understand that player who smokes you right now, uh, whether on another team or even on your own and train, they might be riding the bench in a few years. They may be watching you captain your team to the championship. Because you've surpassed them because you're putting in the effort and you're, you're working you're working hard to get better because you want to be a better player than you are now. And so it's great to look for, to others for motivation, for, for inspiration, for role models in terms of how they play the game. You might want to play the game like that. That's awesome. But don't compare yourself to where they are or where they were at the, your age. Okay, because that's irrelevant to where you're where you're going. Okay, so don't because that that's just going to lead to frustration. You're you, and that's all you need to be, and you're going to develop at the rate you develop. Okay, but so it's really important to understand that so you don't get frustrated. You got it. Just just do what you need to do. So I wanted to get back to this awesome question about well, what if you're on a team? And this look, hey, this is most teams, right? I think everyone who's had conversations with me, um, you know, that's what I feel. Most teams are completely emphasize passing from from day one one and two touch get rid of the ball get rid of the ball build it out of the back um you know uh we, we've gotten so locked into not just kicking it that we've gone completely the only the other way and unthinkingly repeating repeating phrases that we've uh that we've heard without really tr any true understanding how to connect them to development so again what happens in terms of your 1v1 play, if you're in a team that doesn't allow it or emphasize it, which is a fantastic question. And I wish <laughs> I wish I had a fantastic answer for you, because uh, that is really tricky because it has a lot to do with your because you're talking about your team environment. And you're talking about uh, the coach. And that's that's a really difficult one for. For me to. To make a concrete suggestion as to what you need to do in your team environment, and what you need to do in a game, because. I don't want to mess you up in terms of your relationship with your coach, but I'm going to do the best I can to to answer this and give you some some ideas. Mm, excuse me. I probably shouldn't be drinking something carbonated. That's, I better get through this quick. So first, what matters for you is that you need to know the ins and outs of your craft, which is the game of soccer, right? You need to practice it. All right, this is a little melodramatic, overdramatic, but okay, we're going to go with it. You need to practice it like your life depends on it. I had that phrase in my head, and I went with it. 
right? But seriously, though, you need to just commit to getting a little better every day, right? Every day, even if it's five or 10 minutes with the ball at your feet, okay? That's not much. If you can't do that, then we're going to have to have a serious discussion about whether mom and dad are going to continue to pay for your soccer. But seriously, though, there, there is no substitute for that skill of, of the ball at your feet and being good with it at your feet. And once you're familiar with the basics, obviously, and again, the, the, that is something that's going to be ongoing all the time, right? You're never going to be done with the basics. But after that, it's shockingly the best way to improve is to, you know, play, okay? So what do you do with a te- on a team that doesn't really allow you to dribble? Well, first, like I said, you need to, you've got to master the ball, and that's the foundation, and that is what you can do on your own. Um, that's more technique than skill, right? Uh, for me, they're not the same technique as, is the ability to, to do something, whether it's to hit a volley properly, right? Or the Matthews or what have you, and then skills to be able to do that in a game situation. Okay. And that's going to be like that your entire soccer journey. Um, go check out impactsoccerperformance.com slash impact T3, the number three, go check that out. That's all about, um, mastering the ball at your feet, all about ball control stuff. Okay. And then you need to play. Now, if you really, really feel like you can't do it in games or even training, and I'm going to go over that briefly, uh, dig into it as, as much as I can with the understanding about your coach situation. The good news is for what I'm talking about and what the question is about, it only takes one soccer playing friend or teammate. That's all you need. Um, my friends and I, like, because throughout the year, we used to play for hours, 1v1 indoors, in a, you know, in somebody's basement, right? And talk about creativity and getting touches on the ball and, and things like that. And like I said, it just takes one other player that you know to get together and have some fun playing 1v1. By the way, if you do it for a while, it's going to be phenomenal for your your conditioning as well. Uh, go check out the YouTube channel. I think you can go to thesoccerspecialist.com slash YouTube or just go to YouTube and put in the soccer specialist and check out the Nutmeg game, which is a phenomenal uh, 1v1 game for a whole lot of reasons I won't I won't get into now. but And it's also a lot, a lot, a lot of fun. So check that out. Um, now in training and games, and this is where it can get a little tricky. Now, because of the emphasis on passing, even in the game-like drills with things like rondos, you know, um, you know, 5v3, 4, 4v4 plus 4, uh, you know, all those types of games, it's, it's all about passing, right? And there's really not a lot of dribbling involved, and so it's very difficult to add dribbling. But when you play small-sided games, and hopefully you play at least play some of those where it's just um, – yeah, and you may have numbers up, right? It may be 3v3 plus 1, but it's – to you're playing to little to little goals or something so it's still the game where dribbling is involved how how do i word this i guess you know don't don't go crazy about necessarily trying to dribble through an entire team but attack the space if you get the ball and there's there's no defender right there attack the space because even if you're emphasis is on passing you're going to be a better passer and give your team more opportunities by attacking the space and making one of their players come defend you and that's going to open up space uh for for teammates so and also just 
simply this, and I've said this uh, a lot, and hopefully even coaches that emphasize passing understand this. I would be, I'm thrilled in a game if I can get players isolated in space 1v1, right? If, If I do that enough and we attack that defender 1v1 in space often enough in a game, we've got a great chance of winning the game, right? So, so again, if you're 1v1, not necessarily 1v2 or 1v3, attack that one defender. You don't have to make it, I'm going to try and dribble the goal from 40 yards out, but just attack that one defender, beat that one defender, and then you can give the ball up. And, and I guess I say all this with that understanding of, you know your coach a heck of a lot better than I do. You know your relationship with your coach a heck of a lot uh, better than I do. So it's important to understand that. But in general, you have to do, basically you have to do a lot of the ball work and the 1v1 play on your own uh, sometimes. And look, if it's difficult to find someone, find the time, maybe no one's really close and it involves getting rides and you've got school and all these other things. Why not just, if you have a teammate that you know loves to play and everybody's got to have one teammate like this, maybe you have, you know, your parents talk to their parents and maybe it's, you stay 15 minutes for 15, 20 minutes after practice and you two just find a little space. You don't need much space. It can be five yards by five yards, right? Or 10 yards by 10 yards if you have it and and play one on one-on-one for 15, 20 minutes or do it, you know, do it before practice, get there early and go off and play one V one for a little bit. There's definitely ways if you think about it, where you can get that one V one experience. If you feel you can't get enough of it in your training and enough of it in your games. Um, Hopefully you find that a little bit helpful. How long have I been, I've been rattling on for a while now. Wow, it's like the longest episode ever. I don't even know if it's going to upload. So I'm going to leave it there. I thought this was going to be a short one. Hopefully you got a little something out of this. I know I was kind of all over the place, sticking a whole bunch of stuff in there together, but you can always go back and listen again, right? Um, again, thank everybody for listening. I really do appreciate it. I appreciate you spread, spreading the, the word and letting other people know about uh, the podcast as well. And um, yeah, I'm going to leave it there. If you haven't done so, go check out... Um, the Impact Total Touch program at impactsoccerperformance.com slash impact T3, the number three, okay? Um, or for if if it's an athleticism thing, right? If, you're, if you need to get faster and quicker and more explosive and develop a great first step and get stronger because you don't want to get knocked off the ball, go check out impactsoccerperformance.com. I'm going to leave it there for now. Thanks again so much for listening, and I will talk to you later.